Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We are in this series called Preppers. We started this series uh, a few weeks ago, and really the thought of this is really we want to prepare for all that God has for us in 2023. We believe this. I say it. I've said it the last few weeks, and I'll keep saying it. We always prepare for things and people that we care about. Anything or anyone we really care about, we're going to prepare for. Why? Because we're, we're, we're preparing because we care about them. We should do the same thing for God and the things of God. If we really want to see God move in our lives, we should be preparing for him to do so. And so we've talked a few weeks about that. I want to today talk to you about what we talked about last week. If you were here last week, uh, I, we talked about preparing for God's promises. Preparing for God's promises. There were seven things that we should do, Peter says in First Peter, seven things that we should do to prepare for his promises. If you know me, I I normally can get through about three points in a message. Well, last week I said we're going to go for all seven. Okay, if you were here last week, you know. If you were not here, I'll let you know. We made it through two of them, okay? And so we are going part two of preparing for his promises. Part two, and here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, we, I ended up breaking up this message of preparing for his promises into three parts. It's like a mini-series in the series. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, we're, like the shows, you know, it's like a, it's like a spinoff. It doesn't matter. Okay, anyways, preparing for God's promises, part two. And so really, here's in the scripture, uh, Peter is talking and he says, listen, I want you to know about God's precious promises and how we can prepare for them. I want to show it to you in, in chapter one, starting in verse three. It says, but by his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and his excellence, he has given us great and precious, great and precious. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with a generous portion of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. That's where we stopped last week pick up for week two, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more that you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So dear brothers and sisters, check this out. Work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Work hard to prove, to show those around you that you really are among those that God has called or chosen. Christians, believers, God has called us and chosen us. And so, and do these things and you will never fall away. That being said, Peter talks about how God gives us all these precious promises. And all throughout the scripture, you can read about all of God's promises. If you don't know where they are, you can literally just get on Google and you can just Google, what are God's promises for me? 
bing, and all of a sudden they're gonna come up, okay? And so you can read all about all the incredible promises God has for you. But Peter here says, here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that God has these promises and the purpose of these promises in verse four that we see. He says it's for, uh, to enable us uh, to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. God's promises in our lives are not for us to become rich, not for us to be happy, not for us to be famous. Those things are great. Nothing wrong with those things. But that is not the purpose of God's promises. The purposes of God, purpose of God's promises right here, it says, is to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption by human desires. Share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption through human desires. What does that mean? God's promises are there so that we can share in God's divine nature. The Bible says when we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts in Jesus the Lord, we're saved. We become new creations in Christ. That's one of his promises. That means now the Bible says we're adopted into the family of God. We now are adopted into his family. Now we're actually sharing in his divine nature. We become sons and daughters of God. And then it says to escape the world's corruption through human desires. So it's first we understand that we become sons and daughters, but then also now that we can walk out and live the way God has called us to live. The purpose of God's promises are to help us to become sons and daughters, to believing in him, sons and daughters, and then also walking out and living the way God has called us and chosen for us to live. Make sense? Purpose of his promises, divine nature, share his divine nature, escape the world's corruption. Make sense? And then in verse five, we pull up verse five. It says right here, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. Supplement your faith. See, this is what we have to understand. To, in order to receive God's promises, it's, it's through faith. Nothing we do. I don't wanna give you these seven things and make you think if you go do these seven things, you're just gonna receive God's promises. No, everything and everything that we do and everything that we receive from God and everything that comes from God, how we receive is through faith. Then Peter says, I want you to know it's through faith, but then I want you to supplement your faith. This term supplement means add to, okay? Not supplement like you saying, I'm not gonna eat a meal, I'm gonna get a smoothie, so I'm supplementing my meal with a smoothie. Not that type of supplement, not replace. Don't replace your faith with these things. I want you to add to your faith with these things. I want you to get the steak and the smoothie. Come on, somebody. I want you to supplement your faith. I want you to add to him with these seven things. And he says, I want you to do moral excellence. I want you to do knowledge. We, last week we talked about the mind. It's interesting how Peter, he breaks down without even, even telling us, he really breaks out the, as a human, we are created uh, mind, will, and emotion. Our, our soul is created by mind, will, and emotion. And so here's what happens. He's saying, I want you to prepare your mind, moral excellence, the standards of God, setting your things, uh, things above, setting your mind on things above. And then also, I don't want you to just set your mind on things above, and then I want you to have knowledge, filling your mind with things of God. And so we talked about that last week. If you missed it, you can go online, watch it. Now today, I wanna talk to you about the next three, and that is this. I wanna talk to you about the will that God has given us, our will. Our mind was last week, our will is this week. We all have a will. We all have not the right, but the gift to choose everything that we do. See, oftentimes what can happen is we can have this thought process of this nature. It's my right to choose. It's my right to choose. My right to choose. No. God could have chosen to create us to just do whatever he said. He is God. He is the creator. He could have chosen to just say, you're going to be somebody that serves me and follows me. Go. And that's how we could have been created. But 
He did not create us that way. People ask sometimes, well, why didn't he create us that way? The reason why he didn't create us that well is because he way is because he wants to give us the choice to choose him. Through his love for us, he loves us so much that he wants to ha- give us the choice to love him back. Okay, so that's the purpose of our of why he's given us a will. Now, that being said, in our, our lives, in everyday life, did you know, statistically, you can look it up on Google after you leave, not right now, that an average human makes about 35,000 decisions every day. The average human makes about 35,000 decisions every day. That is a lot of decisions. Now, we don't feel like we're making those decisions because oftentimes we're subconsciously making those decisions. But the average human makes about 35,000 choices every single day. That is what our will is. Our will is the choosing, the opportunity, the gift to choose. And here's what I know. If we really want God's promises, it all comes down to our choices. If we really want to receive God's promises, it comes back to the choices that we make in order and to, to really walk out and live the actions that God has called us to live. That being said, 35,000. We're making all different decisions all the time. You're making a decision right now. Should I go to sleep or should I stay awake? Thank you for choosing to stay awake. 35,000 decisions. Just going to dinner. Maybe you have your boo. Maybe you're married. Maybe you're just single. It's all good. Either way, you get around somebody and you say, hey, we should go to dinner. The first decision is is come up. Well, when should we go? Well, let's go at 5 p.m. Okay, we'll go at 5 p.m. You make the decision to go at 5 p.m. Then one of the most difficult decisions you could ever make in your entire life is, where should we go? And somebody says, I want tacos. And you say, "Mm, nope, not feeling tacos. We should get Chinese. And somebody says, "Mm -mm, nope, not Chinese. And you say, we should get burgers. And somebody else says, "Mm -mm, nope, not burgers, not feeling that. And you say, okay, well, we should get get Indian. Nope, not feeling that. Okay, well, we should get donuts. Nope, not donuts. Okay, what should we get? You know what? We should just get tacos. (laughs) So then you make your decision to go get tacos. You make the decision to go get food. You go sit down. And then the waiter or the waitress, they come up to you. And then the first thing they ask you is, what do you want to drink? I got to make a choice. Can't you just bring me something? No, sir. What would you like to drink? I got to make a choice. Then they ask you, do you want some bread? And you have to make a decision. Do I want the bread or not? Give me the carbs. I want some bread. Then they say, would you like some appetizers? They give you some answers. And then what they do is they say, I'll give you a minute to think it over. Why? Because they know if you think it over, think it over, you're going to do it. So you, you say, I'll order some appetizers. Then the next decision comes and you have this menu and they say, okay, sir, ma'am, what would you like off the menu? Now, if you, depending on the restaurant you're, restaurant you're at, but there's one restaurant that gives me more anxiety than any restaurant on the planet and that's Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> oh, sir, ma'am, that's not a menu, that's a novel. I could watch a whole movie before reading through this thing. What is this? I bet they go to the kitchen, and I bet sometimes they say, oh, yeah, we, the so-and-so ordered this, and the, and the chef's probably like, we have that on the menu? <laughs> There's so many things on the menu. You got to make a choice. You make your choice to what to eat. Then you eat your food. Then you got to make another choice. And they say, what would you like dessert? And, of course, if you're at Cheesecake Factory, you best believe I'm getting some dessert. All these choices. We make all these different choices, and that's just something funny that just from restaurants that we do, but all throughout life, we're constantly making choices, the will that we have. 
The question that we have to ask ourselves is throughout our day, are we choosing the things of God? Are we choosing the things for ourselves? And it's important that we would take time to evaluate this because if we do, if we're really choosing the things of God in our lives, it's gonna end up causing us the, the, the ripple effect, if you will, is to allow us to receive the promises of God. Three things he says in verse in verse, I think it's six and seven, three things he says. He says, I, I want you to take knowledge. And he said, I want you to have knowledge, but then also I want you to have self-control. And self-control, I want you to have patient endurance. And patient endurance, I want you to have godliness. I want to talk to you about these three things today. I want, you to talk to, I want to talk to you about self-control, patient endurance, and godliness. First, self-control. Self-control oftentimes is looked at as this negative thing that we have to go through. Self-control can oftentimes look like or feel like it's discipline. I have to discipline. I've heard people say that. You have to discipline yourself to say or choose yes or no or right and wrong. You have to discipline yourself. And that may be true. That could be true. And I do agree with that. You have to make decisions sometimes that discipline your life. But here's the thing. If we look at it as discipline, oftentimes we can look at it as a negative response or a negative thing that we have to do. Nobody on the planet likes to be disciplined. I've never met somebody that says, yeah, I wanna to go to my teacher and man, I hope that teacher disciplines me today. I never see somebody going to work and be like, man, I hope my boss takes me in the office today and just disciplines me. If you're a student, oh, I can't wait to get home so my parents can discipline me. Nobody loves to be disciplined, but here's the thing. If we're not careful, we can look at the same thing as self-control and so we can look at it as a negative and so we can shy away from it. But in fact, as I was praying and seeking the Lord, the Lord was really sharing with me and showing me, self-discipline isn't, I mean, self-control is not just discipline. Self-control is really protection. It's protection and boundaries and walls that will help us be protected from the enemy and the lies of the enemy. The scripture says, and the, the, the corruption of the world through human desires. What is that? That's human desires, flesh. There's this human desires, carnality, human nature. That's desiring things that are not of God. So I set up self-control to protect myself from those desires so I can continue to live the way God has called me to live. Does that make sense? So important we understand this. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28 says, a person without self-control is like a city with a broken down wall. It's a person with self-control Without self-control is like a city broken with broken down walls. It's interesting if we think about it this way that self-control are these walls that we set up to protect, hear me, to protect outside sources from allowing us to choose what God is wanting us to choose. But it's also walls that we set up to help us protect ourselves from ourselves. Do you know you are the one that harms you more than anyone else? I harm me more than anyone else by the decisions that I make, by the decisions you make. No one will ever harm you as much as you. No matter what you've been through in your life, and you've probably been through some stuff, no one can harm you as much as you. Why? Because by the decisions we make and the way that we respond and the way that we live, that's where our life will lead us. And so it's so important. Peter's saying, I want you to understand, you gotta set up self-control. I want you to choose to protect yourself from outside sources, but also from yourself and evil desires or human nature in your life. It's interesting, very interesting. Self-control is this, choosing right over wrong. So, so simple, we understand that. But here's the thing, if we're not careful, if, if we say, no to the wrong thing, or to the right thing, excuse me. If we say no to the right thing, it's gonna make it easier for us to say yes to the wrong thing. 
Every no that we make is a yes somewhere else. Every yes that we make is a no somewhere else. You say yes to your job, you're saying no to your family. You say yes to that relationship, you're saying no to whatever it is that you're giving up. So, every, every, so here's what happens. If we don't train ourselves, if we don't allow ourselves to be protected from self-control, what we'll do is we'll allow ourselves to get to the point of where it, we, we can't say no to the right things, or, uh, and we, uh, no to the wrong things, excuse me, and we can't say uh, yes to the right, I don't know where I'm at. We can't say yes to the right things, whatever. Here's what it is. It's so important as Christians, as believers, that we'd be people to learn, yes, right from wrong, Absolutely but then not just learning it, choosing it. And it's sometimes, hear me, some of the things as humans that we lack self-control control in the most are some of the smallest things in our lives. Some of the smallest things on this planet are the very things we struggle with self-control with the most. One, for instance, I can give you is a little object that looks a little bit like this. Isn't it interesting that something so small has so much control. Isn't it interesting that something that literally you can put in your pocket literally will control our lives? It's interesting because what can happen is we live in a culture and a society where we're always doing this and this and this. I'm not making fun of phones. Hear me. I have a phone, obviously, but I'm not making fun of them. But we can do this so much so that our head can always be here that we're missing what God's doing here. I believe it. I really do believe it. Hear me. I really do believe this. I believe we miss God all throughout the day because our eyes are focused on a phone. I believe it. Imagine if Moses would have had a phone. We talked about Moses a few weeks ago. Imagine if he would have had an iPhone and he's leading the sheep. He's texting and he sees a burning bush. More than likely that brother would have pulled it up and put it on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Isn't it interesting though, that this is our first response. Our first response is something God's doing or something, I got, I got, oh, so, something's happening. Okay, I gotta take a picture. I gotta phone, I gotta scroll, I gotta look. Uh, and here's what happens. We oftentimes will choose scrolling over seeking. And from choosing scrolling over seeking, we can miss God today and what he has for us. Isn't it interesting something so small has so much control? I'm fasting all kinds of things through our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I don't really struggle with social media, to be honest. Like if you, if you follow me, you know that dude don't ever post anything. Oh, praise God. And so I, I, I'm not great at it. I don't, I'm not gifted in it. I don't really, I just, I'm not real super serious about it. So I was just like, ah, I'll just give up social media for 21 days too. No worries. It's all good. It's been interesting to me though, because I deleted the app on my phone. And it's been interesting that I randomly, subconsciously, throughout the day, I've caught myself subconsciously. I just pull up my phone. I'm sitting in a line. I'm sitting at the house and a commercial comes on, whatever. I'm just chilling. All of a sudden, I'll pick up my phone and I'll open the phone and I'll search subconsciously. I'll look for the app. Something that I didn't even think had that much of a serious effect on me, I'm subconsciously responding and doing without even realizing Here's what I would say. If you can't say no to it, it's got control over you or over me. And so literally, it's been, sh it's been shocking to me. I'm like, what else in my life am I just subconsciously responding to and doing without even realizing because I think it's not that big of a deal? And my, I'm just making the decision to pull up my phone, grab the thing, da, 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 da. Next thing you know, I'm scrolling. Next thing you know, I'll, and it's, it's important. Because if we're not careful, hear me. If we're not careful and we can't make, hear me, we can't make decisions and choose self-control over small things, we will seriously struggle 
with the large ones. Self-control. It's vital that we would be a people that learn the process of I'm choosing right from wrong, yes, but also I'm saying yes to the things of God because when I do, I'm saying no to the things of this world. If I say yes to the things of this world without even realizing I'm saying no to the things of God. So I wanna have self-control to protect myself from me and from outside sources. Make sense? Make sense? Second Peter chapter one and verse six, it says a knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness. Knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness. Peter says, I want you to supplement your faith. I want you to add to your faith with working on your choices and your will. I want you to have self-control, choose right from wrong. But then also, I want you to choose patient endurance. I want you to choose patient endurance in your life. If you look at a different translation of the scripture, it's the NIV, ESV. It says, in knowledge with self-control and self-control with perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. Self-control, patient endurance, and perseverance. It's the same word, perseverance, patient endurance. Same word. We as Christians, I don't even say as Christians, we as humans, we struggle with perseverance more than most things in our lives. Oftentimes we go through a struggle, a trial, a situation that's frustrating emotionally, relationally, and the first thing we do is try to get out of it and get free from it and run from it. But the Bible says something totally different. The Bible says that we should embrace perseverance. We should embrace trials. We should embrace hard times. We should embrace suffering. I wanna show it to you in Romans chapter five and verse three. It says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance builds character and character hope. It's so important that we understand this. When we walk through storms and trials, it's not that God doesn't love us. It's not that he doesn't care about you. It's not that he doesn't love you. It's that he wants to build a, a perseverance in your life because that perseverance will build your character for what he's called to you in the, for, called you to in the future. Perseverance. I said it last week and God's just been, I've been on this kick with, with creation and all the things that God's created and how it all testifies and glorifies, all creation testifies and glorifies and worships God. And all, I've just been on this kick. And, you know, I was reading the other day about how trees and as they're planted, you know, a, plea, a tree, a plea, I don't know what a plea is, but a tree is very weak if it never has to ever, if you put a tree and you, you plant it in your home on a pot, that tree, it's not gonna be as strong as a plant that you would plant outside. Why? Because through the perseverance of the elements, the tree builds and strengthens its roots in the ground. The more the storms, the deeper the roots, the stronger the tree. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If that's the case, that means this. The more storms we walk through, the more perseverance and more roots God is wanting to deepen in our hearts with him. And then from there, it causes us to be stronger people, character, the Bible says. 
This is why we should not be people that run from trials, that run from uh, situations and struggles and frustrations, but we should be people that wanna persevere through it. Never give up, that God, we're gonna stand with you. Why? Because we know as we're doing this, we're deepening our roots with you. We're building an endurance, a patient endurance, the Bible says, that helps us build a stronger life in our lives. And everybody knows that the more endurance you build, the easier it becomes. The more endurance you build, you talk to any athlete and you're like, oh, well, I've never done this. We're like, oh, well, keep doing it. And through the, you building the endurance, it'll become easier for you. Everybody knows that. So recently, if you know me, I'm not someone that likes cardio. In fact, I hate cardio. In fact, I think cardio is from the pit of hell. In fact, I think the pit of hell will have people just running in the fire, just miserable. That's a joke, nobody get too serious. I hate cardio, it's for the devil and it's for the demons. Angels and Christians, we just float. So I got this bright idea, I don't ever run. I was like, I'm gonna be a runner. I'm gonna start running, yeah. I'm gonna start running. I'm gonna be a runner. I'm trying to hype myself up. I'm like, I'm gonna be a, I'm, I'm gonna be a runner. I told my wife, I said, I'm gonna be a runner. She looked at me and said, when? <laughs> well, right now, I'm gonna be a runner. I'm gonna start running. Here I go, I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm gonna run. So I get to the gym, treadmill's open. I'm like, man, where should I start? Thinking to myself, where should I start? Three miles sounds about good. I'll, I'll, I'll run three miles. In fact, I won't just run three miles. I, I, I think it's what sounds like a good pace, eight minute miles sound good to me. Eight minutes, I'm, I'm, I'm calculating my head. That's 24 minutes. I tell myself, everybody can run for 24 minutes. No big deal. Let's just put it on. So I get on the treadmill. I don't know why y'all are laughing. I'm very offended, but I'm gonna keep on going. I get on the treadmill, y'all know how it is if you ever been on a treadmill, it's like, doo, doo, doo. and it seems like, it's weird to me, it seems like the, the faster you go, the louder the beeps go. It's like, doo, 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 doo. it's like warning you, you're about to die, you know what I'm saying? Get on the treadmill, doo, doo, doo. get to the eight minute mile, doo, 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 doo. I'm good, okay, now I'm running. I'm about 30 seconds in, I'm like, oh, no problem. This is, oh my God, 30, 24 minutes, I may go two hours, this is easy. 30 seconds in, I'm feeling good. Oh, I'm feeling so good. Oh, I'm a runner. I'm a runner. I've, turned, I've changed my life. I am now a runner. I'm, I am a cardio master. About a minute in, I said, well, you know what? Maybe I'll go 22 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Forget the 24. Maybe I'll just do 22. About a minute and a half goes in. I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to make a mile. Praise God. <laughs> I'm running. <laughs> I'm about to throw up just doing that. I got no endurance. <laughs> treadmill next to me is a guy he's running you could tell this dude's run before he's one of those guys he's a runner you know what I'm saying he's running and he's just he's a cock, 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 cock. and in my brain I'm like wait a second there's no way this dude is gonna run faster than I am I'm about to run at least as fast as he is okay now we're at the same pace I'm, I'm, I'm just struggle busting here he is he's just he's just cruising along 
You know, he's, he's just running. He's acting like he's just floating. He's just running. And, and this guy, all of a sudden, I'm like, <gasps> this guy, he's in, in such good shape. His endurance is a little bit better than mine that he just decides the bright idea. You know what we should do? We should talk. <laughs> now. I don't know if you've ever run, and maybe you're a runner, and so maybe talking is easy for you while you run. Not me. I'm not trying to talk. I'm trying to breathe. And so uh, uh, he's trying to talk to me about all these different things, and I want to be like, bro, not now. He's like, just walking. He's running. He's like, man, so tell me about your life. And I'm like, uh, what are we on a date? I don't want to tell you about my life. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That would have been funny if I would have, though. You know what I'm saying? That would have been funny. I'm like, bro, I know I'm a pastor, but not now. I'm running. He's just talking. He's talking. He's talking. He's just, and we're at the same pace. I'm dying. I'm like, I don't know if I'm, I don't, I don't know what's about to happen. I think the dude started mocking me. I really do. I think mentally in his brain, he said, I'm going to start mocking this dude. I don't know if he did mentally, subconsciously, but he started mocking me. Okay. Here's what he did. He's talking. He gets bored. I guess he, I'm not responding at the pace that he would want me to, me, he would want me to respond to. So he's, I'm like, uh, 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 and he's like running. Well, he gets bored. Instead of running like this, he turns and he runs sideways. <laughs> that dude is running and he's talking to me. He's like, and here I am, like, and he's, and then he does the very worst thing somebody could do on a treadmill. He looks at me and says, man, you're doing such a good job. Man, I took my keys. I hit that stop button. I walked out that gym. I don't know if I'll ever go back. You know what I'm saying? I told the person working at the gym, I hope God smites that treadmill over there. You know what I'm saying? It's biblical. He can do it. God smite it. I'm going to walk in there, and tomorrow I'm going to be like, Told y'all that thing don't work anymore. Praise God. <laughs> Being funny. But here's the thing. It's very simplistic, but it's so true. Through building endurance, that, that person was able to run much further and much better, and it was easy for him. It's the same thing with our walk with God. If we allow the trials and the tribulations and the sufferings that we walk through, the frustrations, to allow it to begin to build deep roots in our hearts for him, what's going to happen is as we persevere, the trials that come, even though there still are storms, even though they're still hurting, and even though it's going to become easier for us. Why? Because we're building this endurance for him. And we're putting our trust not in some source outside, but we're putting our roots and our trust in him. I will say this. Storms very quickly will show us what we're rooted in. Trials and troubles will quickly show us what we're rooted in. The relationship doesn't work out and you're lost. More than likely, that relationship is what you were rooted in. You lose the job and all of a sudden you don't know who you are as a person. More than likely, the job was what you were rooted in. The economy starts to crash and everybody starts to freak out and we're freaking out like the world's freaking out because the world doesn't understand that we have a God that owns a th cattle on a thousand hills and then here's what happens. We all freak out, next thing you know. We're showing ourselves real quick. We're revealing ourselves. Our hearts are rooted in the economy. The person we vote for doesn't get in and we're freaking out thinking, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? And, uh, and next thing you know, what we're showing ourselves, we're showing ourselves that our roots are in a government system and in the wrong kingdom. Storms and trials will quickly reveal to us what we're rooted in. And so God wants us to be a people 
that build deep roots with him, a foundation that's strong in him. And this is why Peter says, I want you to use, I want you to use your will, your choices to make, to stand strong and to make the decisions and the choices that you're gonna, you're gonna persevere. Why? Because as you persevere, God's gonna do something in your heart. As you deepen your roots with God, he's gonna do something and make your character stronger than you ever have been before. Don't run from it. Don't walk away from it. Don't hide from it. Don't just go, just try to fight it. No, allow yourself to say, as I walk through situations and struggles, God, I'm gonna stand on you. And not only am I going to stand on you, I'm going to trust you because I know you're good. I love it that he says patient endurance. Patient endurance. Perseverance is one translation, but one translation says patient endurance. It's not just about endurance. It's about patient endurance. Patient endurance means this. It's not just about me persevering. Why? Because the way I persevere personally, this is how I persevere. Personally persevere. This is how I persevere. <sighs> I made it. Okay, God, I'm standing. You see me? Here I am. Ah! Persevering through this job. God, you saw what they said. God, I'm persevering. God, I hate them. Persevering. Oh, persevering. Oh, I'm standing, God. You see me? Oh, I hate my life. I'm standing. I'm trusting. God, ah! And here's what happens. I'll start complaining and I'll start griping and my attitude will be wrong and I'll be, I'll, I'll, and here's what happens. There's no character being built. Why? Because it says patient endurance, meaning it's not just the endurance, it's the attitude with the endurance. I'm not just gonna be frustrated and mad. Oh, I'm just walking. Uh, uh, no, here's what I'm gonna do. God, I'm gonna have the attitude that says, I'm trusting you. I'm being patient with where I am and where you have me because I know that you are my source, not something or someone around me. I'm gonna trust you. And so God, I'm gonna have this patient endurance that allows me to continue to walk and live the way that you've called me to live. How do we really receive his promises? Peter says, I want you to know, I want you to supplement your faith. I want you to believe, but I want you to supplement your faith. I want you to add to your faith with working on and preparing your will, your choices. Choose self-control, choose perseverance. Lastly, as we close today, 2 Peter chapter one and verse six, it says, a knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness. Self-control, patient endurance, and godliness. These are the three things that God desires for us to choose that Peter says, I want you to add to your faith, to supplement your faith. I want you to choose self-control. And as you choose self-control, right from wrong, as you say yes to the things of God and you say no to the things of this world, what's gonna happen is you're gonna begin to build roots in him. And as you build roots in him, the storms will come and the trials will come, but you'll persevere because you're continuing to choose to stand for him and with him. And then from there, I want you to understand, I want you to know, I want you to walk in godliness. Now, oftentimes when we read the scripture and we hear the term godliness, we immediately think holiness. Holiness is this, I'm set apart. I'm setting myself away from the things of the world. I'm setting myself apart from those things so that I can really live the life God has called me to live. And that's true, but that's not necessarily what godliness is in this scripture. In fact, godliness in this scripture and holiness are two different things. I wanna show it to you in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 11. It says, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, 
what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness. Holiness and godliness. So it's different things. It's holiness as I'm being set apart, yes. But the godliness Peter's talking about here, it's not just I'm gonna be set apart. It's I wanna be faithful. I wanna walk in obedience to what God has for me. Godliness, that one of the greatest characteristics, one of the greatest characteristics, I can't even talk. One of the greatest characteristics of godliness is faithfulness. It's I'm gonna choose to walk in obedience and be faithful in my life through all situations. I'm gonna choose to hear your voice, but not just hear your voice, God. I wanna follow your voice. I wanna listen, I wanna hear, and I wanna follow it. And I wanna walk in obedience to you. Oh my goodness, what a incredible secret to the kingdom that we see in receiving God's promises through these very few scripture. He says, I want you to understand. I want you to build. You really want to receive God's promises in 2023. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to work on your mind. I want you to work on how you're setting your mind. I want you to work on what you're, you're preparing your mind and how, what you're filling your mind with, up with. But then also, I want you to work on your choices. I want you to choose right from wrong. I want you to know, to see the difference from right and wrong. I want you to choose the things of God. And then from there, from choosing the things of God, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna deepen your roots with God. And then from deepening your roots in God, here's what's gonna happen. Storms are gonna come. And those very storms that are trying to knock you down are the actual the things that are gonna cause you to become stronger and deeper in Christ. And then from there, from you being strong in Christ, now this overflow comes out and says, I wanna walk in obedience. And as I walk in obedience to him, on the other side of that, that obedience are his promises. The very promises that you are praying for, that's great, keep praying. But it could be that he wants you to supplement that as well and not just pray and believe. He wants you to use some self-control and say no to the things that you've been saying yes to. He wants you to say yes to the things that you've been saying no to. You know what? I don't know if I should get involved in a small group. It talks, see, the thunder even believes in me. You know what I'm saying? They're amen to me. And so here's what happens. It's so important because if we say yes to the wrong things, we're saying no to the right things. And so we want to make the choice of saying, I want to work and prepare my heart and make the right choices even in the small ones. From there I want to deepen my faith and I want to stand for him and as I stand for him I build my character and my, and my calling in him and then I step out and I begin to walk in obedience to him. Only the strong in faith can truly walk in obedience fully. Why? Because storm will come, a temptation will come, now, does that mean that we become perfect? No. If that's what you hear, I'm sorry, that's not what I'm trying to say. You'll be walking in obedience and you may miss it. You'll be in self-control and you may miss it. You'll be persevering and you may lay down for a second. That's totally fine. None of that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living a life that we choose. Self-control. Perseverance. Obedience. And as we do this, I promise you, I've said it every week, but it's so true, I believe with all my heart, if we do this, if we prepare our lives this way, we will see God move in 2023 like never before. In our own personal lives. I'm not talking about in a building, in a room. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in your own personal life. If you prepare your mind and you prepare your will this way, you will see God move. I can promise you, I'll stand on it. I'll quit in 2024 and never preach again if this is not true. This is how much I believe this. I know for a fact, if we walk this out, we will see God move in 2023 like we never have before. Here's the big interesting thought. The choice is ours. 
The choice is yours. The choice is mine. Am I going to use self-control? Am I going to choose it? Am I going to choose perseverance and patient endurance? Am I going to choose obedience? Because if I do, I know I'm going to see the promises of God like never before. Amen. Can we pray today? Father, I thank you.